Future Hacker. Life. Path. Future. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Future Hacker. I'm your host, Maria Taigi, and I have some very exciting news today. Between October 25 and November 12, 2021, there's this super exciting event going on, which is the 10th edition of the Sweden-Brazil Innovation Weeks, and the agenda couldn't be more Future Hacker style, co-creating the future with smart cities and sustainable economy. The event is online, it's free, and the content will be made available afterwards. So that's important to say. They will cover topics like bioeconomy, mobility, sustainable cities, health sciences, mining, and aeronautics. To talk about all of that, we are honored to have as our guest today, the ambassador of Sweden in Brazil, Johanna Brisman-Skoog. Johanna is a diplomat, and among her many, many amazing experiences, and just to name a few, she was the Swedish ambassador to Indonesia, East Timor, head of chancery at the permanent representation of Sweden to the European Union, advisor of United Nations sector, Department of Global Development. She has worked twice at the United Nations and also served on the board of Plan International Sweden for eight years. Hi, Johanna. It's amazing to have you with us today. How are you doing? Thank you. Uh, no, everything is great. Uh, we're very excited that Innovation Weeks have finally started. They've been working on it for a long time. And we're happy that the at least the start was good. And we're getting good attention and uh, we're showing a lot of what Sweden and Brazil is doing together. So happy and uh, not relieved yet, but happy uh, that uh, it's happening. Yeah. Yes, a lot of work and really exciting content. I'm going at the end of this show, I'm going to give the, the address so people can go to the YouTube channel as the content will be made available afterwards. And I know there's already at the YouTube channel some content from the previous days, right? So let's begin. I love to begin by talking about Sweden, you know, as it's a great example of innovation. There is such a strong educational system which is actually one of the most important topics that we covered when talking about the future. This easiness of doing business, it's a very competitive economy, right? Great entrepreneurship environment. Not to mention, you are the creators of the Nobel Prize, right? <laughs> of course, it's hard to compare due to its size, but which would be the key intakes you could share with us about the Swedish way? I would say that you're right in that we have a good education system, which with free education all the way up through university. And I think that's been an important factor. We have also, as you said, a very non-hierarchical society, which means that in a company, for example, or in an institution at the university, everyone's voice is valued. So if you're working in a team, even the intern, even the young researcher, uh, has a voice and can express his or her uh, opinions, ideas, and thoughts, and that contributes to the creative process and opens up for more uh, for more ideas. And I think that enriches the discussion. We have a quite favorable, actually, tax system for both for starting new companies and for doing uh, business and maintaining companies in Sweden. It's not very well known. We're usually famed for for <laughs> high taxes, but in reality. It's very good, and there are very good incentives for starting new business too. So there's a very good business climate. It's easy to get a patent also. So it's it's a very permissive climate from that point of view. 
And I think actually also being a woman, I think that equality between men and women have also contributed a lot to uh, opening up society to more ideas because 50% of the population, and we do have good thoughts and, and uh, ideas about most things, right? That's great. So it's, it's, it's diverse in a way of being able to have both men and women equal and also uh, respect for all the ages, doesn't matter the experience you have. So it's really good. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, apparently companies there has been doing very well. I'd like to give some examples, you know, for the listeners that are not aware. So IKEA, which is actually IKEA, right? Not IKEA. IKEA, Spotify, Skype, Volvo, Ericsson, just to name a few, they're companies that they are Swedish and they were able to scale abroad globally. So I'm just curious, if, is there any type of incentive, of government incentive to allow companies to actually be created in Sweden but race and in scale in a global, globally? Uh, well, we do encourage companies to go uh, go international, but I think there's also a very strong tradition in Sweden to do that on your own. Sweden is um, it's it's a large country area-wise, but a small population. We've just reached the 10 million inhabitants or mark. So if you are good at what you're doing and you have a thriving business, you naturally want to go abroad because that's where the bigger markets are. You usually start Nordic markets and Denmark, uh, Norway, Finland move down maybe to Germany and, and then expand from there. And that's uh, the companies that you mentioned. They've all started that way, slowly uh, working their way out from, from Sweden and found good markets all over the world, actually. Great, great. So let's talk about Innovation Weeks. So you say that this initiative, it's actually beyond an event. It's a platform to promote exchange and new opportunities, right? So could we begin by covering first the collaboration between Sweden and Brazil? Given that in Brazil we have more than 200 Swedish companies, right? It's amazing. And more specifically, there's been a lot of advancements in tech sectors like 5G, energy efficiency, AI, automation. So how is the collaboration between countries going? It's, I mean, it's, it's very long and very, very good and very deep and very diverse. We actually, we, in 2009, we signed a strategic partnership between Sweden and Brazil in the area of science and innovation and technology. And that is a basis for a more structured collaboration between us. And uh, we've, chose, uh, we've chosen eight areas uh, among them, those that you mentioned, but also health and bioeconomy and mining and mobility. So it's a very um, tech-focused agenda, uh, innovation-focused agenda where we feel that both countries can, can support each other. And this one, it's about matchmaking, but it's also about joint research projects where we actually sit down with financing from both Sweden and from Brazil and identify good research projects with good potential for actually making a difference uh, in different fields. Very exciting. I went to a meeting today in the aeronautical group and uh, very, very exciting projects that were presented there. But I think this, uh, the Innovation Weeks is where we actually present some of these ongoing innovation initiatives. And uh, not only in research, but also between companies and companies, between institutions, between universities. Also talk about what is it that promotes innovation? How can we see to it that we get a better innovation climate? What are the incentives for researchers, for uh, entrepreneurs, etc., to uh, thrive? So it's a, very, it's a very exciting thing. Different themes every year. 
we've gone, of course, like everyone else from being presential with lots of meetings and lots of traveling to now being fully digital for the second year, um, which has enabled us also to reach much more, much more people. Now it's not only an event in Sao Paulo or Florianopolis, but it's uh, we can be all over the country at the same time. Exactly, exactly. So in your view, which would be the main opportunities for growth you see in Brazil? And likewise, which do you feel are the main challenges you feel we need to address so we could increase our competitiveness? I think Brazil has a huge potential in so many fields. Uh, everything related to green transition. I think you have uh, excellent companies, good companies that, that could, by adapting to, to the green transition, you could, just like Swedish companies are doing, you could make enormous gains while at the same time saving resources, both for yourself as a company and, of course, for, for the world. So I think the green transition and all the opportunities there is one of the most important ones. That includes, for example, the mobility. How can we see to it that by electrifying transport or by going through biogas, which is something that uh, Brazil has in excess and, and can you could probably change your whole fleet to biogas-driven. You could talk about the mining sector, where more automation and less energy expenditure would save both money, lives, and create a safer environment and a smarter environment. We could talk about a health industry, where we see uh, e-health as an opportunity, fintech, where Brazil is advanced, but where we also are advanced, and, and uh, the marriage between our countries in that area could be very interesting. So I think there's so many areas that we can, I mean, the doors are open on both sides, and I can just see opportunities uh, going further. What are some of the challenges? Challenges can sometimes be small things like, uh, well, maybe not small things, but the taxation system here is very complicated and cumbersome. And I know you're working on reforms, and I hope you will get good reforms. I think bureaucracy and protectionism can also be difficult. How can we see to that we can open our markets uh, more to each other? From the Swedish side, we're hoping very much to uh, get the EU Mercosur trade deal through soon. But there are some things that we need to solve first when it comes to uh, climate challenges and things like that. And I think those are the main, uh, the main issues. You have very talented researchers, and I need, we need more exchange between our research communities. I think that would be a very good strength. It's, it's happening, but it could happen more. And then I think English, and we're doing this in English. I do speak a little bit of Portuguese now, uh, a little more every day, because it's, it's, it's necessary here to speak Portuguese. But I think Brazil would gain a lot from mastering English better, uh, to put it that way because it's, um, it's a way out, it's a road out of the domestic market only. Exactly. You're absolutely right, yes. Um, so could you give us some taste, I don't know how much you could give us, of course, but some taste of you know, some of the great topics that you're exploring during the event. So my first question to you is, do you have any favorite topic that speaks closer to your heart? <laughs> it's very difficult in all of this no because i think they all you know the more you learn about something at least i'm like that the more interested i get in it so um i think for me a, a boring sector like the mining sector which is so important for both sweden and brazil i think that's a very interesting sector and seeing what we can do together there to create a, as we say smarter safer more sustainable mining experience i think that's fantastic 
And as you maybe know, Sweden just developed the first fossil free way of refining steel, which is being very, uh, is very attractive for uh, those wanting to make fossil free products like a fossil free car. That's an example of a new green transitional economy that could translate into the Brazilian environment, where you, for example, have many other things. So that's an area that's interesting. I think mobility is an interesting area too, to see what we can do within that field. Electrification, new transport solutions, uh, autonomous cars, autonomous delivery uh, systems within, with the biogas, as I talked about before a bit. So there's a lot of things to do in that one too. And of course, everything that has to, to do with diversity, encouraging diversity in the workplace and seeing how that enriches innovation environment, you know, basic uh, results of a company in a positive way, having more diversity, not only between men and women, but also between people of different backgrounds, different colors, differences uh, and riches. So I think that's, uh, that's also very exciting. No, and it's more than proven that it actually increases the, the revenue of the company. So it should be such a no-brainer, right? But, but still, it's a challenge, which is amazing. Absolutely, absolutely. But we need to, uh, we need to see that more. More diversity promotes wealth for everyone. So another topic that I found very interesting is we've been talking a lot about, you know, future, you know, future of work, future of professions, and how we are going, it's going to be getting more common to have people working uh, project-based instead of, you know, staying within a company for many years and, and, and that's it. And there's this term people are using, the gig economy. What I like is that you're framing uh, versus the, a healthy working condition, right? Because we're either driving a path in which people will be working in projects, but with the risk of not being able to have a healthy, you know, not only financial, but only be able to, to, to provide for the family and to have a labor, a good labor law that somehow is going to be supporting you and the health conditions. There's still a balance that I believe that hasn't been found that companies will no longer be responsible as they are for the employees because you're working in several places. But on the same time, how are you going to be providing and making sure people will, will be able to grow professionally in a healthy way, right? How is the view, like how, how is this topic going to be covered in the event? Can you give us some taste? This is a very important issue. And I think you're completely right in that, especially the younger generation, I look at my kids and how they want to be doing things that are meaningful for them they can put in a lot of effort, but they also want to keep uh, developing themselves. So changing from company to company, working with projects, as you mentioned, using their expertise to grow, I think that's coming more and more. And I think also from the company side, more and more businesses want to uh, work that way, not have people being, you know, you hire someone and they will stay forever. I don't think that's in the company's interest either. So I think we're looking for a new model we don't have that in Sweden yet. We're discussing that a lot. And I think this is a challenge that many countries all over the world is facing. But it's something that we need to solve. We need to find a way of solving it because that's the way we're going. Uh, the new generation is, is demanding that. So lastly, uh, regarding the, the, you know, the topics that are going to be covered, is there anything you could mention regarding the aeronautics and the collaboration between the countries? And I'm curious because... You know, I did interview, it was an interview with Peter Cabral, and we, are, we were talking about all this race to space. And he was mentioning how the rules 
of engagement for space are outdated. Like it was created back when, I don't know, men went to the moon. It was, it has never been updated. And now you have all these millionaires just buying their tickets to fly out there and come back. So there's a lot of work to do to make sure that things are going to be done in a responsible way. Is there anything you could share in this direction? Yeah, we're not, in our collaboration with Brazil on, on aeronautics, we're not that Far, we're still in the atmosphere. We haven't moved out of the atmosphere yet. Although, of course, that's a super interesting topic and we need to look at that too. But we are much more looking for how to use technology and, and uh, research that's going on to combine for new solutions. And it could be everything from unmanned airborne vehicles and all the solutions you can find with them. I was a super exciting seminar this morning where I saw uh, I was awarding a prize to a team from uh, OSPI that has created a solution to measure the dangerous bacteria in water reserves using UAVs. This is time-saving, it's energy-saving, it's more efficient, and it's incredibly smart solution. So we're seeing a lot of these applications of aeronautical research in practice. Oh, that's super interesting, yes. We were also discussing other other solutions for detecting, for example, uh, wildfires and search and rescue solutions at sea, where how can you use automation and artificial intelligence in that kind of surveillance operations? And to find, let's say, um, an airplane or a ship that's shipwrecked, because if, you, if you're just flying over traditional, with traditional methods, it's like looking for a needle in a haystack and with a sea territory like Brazil, or even Sweden has a very long coast for being a, a small country. We need to be much faster and, and use other methods too. So very interesting applications like that are coming out of this collaboration. That's awesome. But space is next. Space is definitely next, yeah. <laughs> I was just wondering because I saw that uh, one of the first sessions was with two astronauts, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think yeah, we, we managed to get, we were very happy, managed to get together your astronaut and our astronaut. And then, of course, they're friends and they know each other from before. So it's a very good way of uh, meeting. But I think they also, I mean, they, they have a lot in common in that they see the value of research and innovation to develop a society. And I think that's something that we need to put much more uh, effort on. We're talking a lot about communication. We're talking about media. We're, we're up there on that side. But we need to look at, so what's, what is the uh, vehicle to get there? It's through technology and innovation and promoting research and making it okay for everyone to, to do that. Exactly, exactly. So listen, everybody, we still have a lot to cover, a lot to talk about. So stay tuned. This is the end of the episode one. We're moving on to the second episode. Stay tuned, everyone. Future Hacker. Life. Path. Future.